This week on Grape Encounters Radio. We also have a wine label called Honker Blanc for the geese that fly over the property that are constantly buzzing. I, I love that name, by the way. Honker What's Blanc. It, yeah. it was 6 o'clock in the morning. It was overcast. The geese come flying over the top of the winery, and Ron looks at me and says, you know, I always want to do a Sauvignon Blanc and call it Honker Blanc. And there it is. Peel me a grape Crush me some ice Skin me a peach Save the fuzz for my pillow All over America, and in fact, probably all over the world, in cities, there is a phenomenon going on. It is called the Urban Wine Trail. And they call it different things in different places. But there is probably no city that has their arms around this concept better than the city of Oakland, California. Maybe it's because they're just a short distance from the Napa and Sonoma wine countries. Maybe it's because people just love this city so much. But whatever the case, there are quite a number of winemakers, many of them with resumes that you can't even imagine, that have chosen not to make wine wine in a building out in the middle of a vineyard, but in an old warehouse in a city that is coming back like gangbusters. With me today is Kim Bardakian. She is the Director of PR and Community Relations for the City of Oakland, and she's going to be taking me down the Oakland Wine Trail. And welcome to the show, Kim. Thank you, David. Welcome to Oakland. You get confused with Kim Kardashian a lot. I do. You're way better looking than her. Well, I appreciate that. Keep drinking. (laughs) First of all, I want to thank you for inviting me to Absolutely. come here because this has not really been on my radar. I've heard a bit about the urban wine trail that you have here in Oakland, and you gave me a little tour of the city earlier before we got on the air. I was shocked. I mean, I had heard about Oakland and the amazing comeback. Mm-hmm. Renaissance. We're calling it like a renaissance. renaissance. We're, we're really in it right now. The word I use is unexpected. Until I get someone here like yourself in a car or walking around half the time they may have heard something they read something but once they see it and they feel it and they see the people and the energy they're like wow I had no idea and that's the beauty of Oakland that's exactly what I felt as well first of all Oakland is such a major U.S. city Mm -hmm. I mean there's no doubt about it it's one of the biggest cities in California I don't know where it ranks in terms of population it's almost a half a million but it's way up there in terms of cities in America and it's got everything that people love about the Bay Area and Northern California, but it's got this whole new character that's starting to, you know, its own identity. Absolutely. And what's interesting about it is, you know, when you speak to Oaklanders, they'll say, we've known about this, you know, for years, but it's right. finally other people are finding out about our city. So as as much as things have changed, it really hasn't changed a ton, except that more people are coming and experience it, and then they're telling others. So that's the beauty of being on the show today and having your listeners. We welcome you to come to experience experience what we've already known for years. I think what's amazing to me was as we were driving around earlier and I was looking at all of these amazing quaint mom and pop restaurants and little butcher shops and bakeries and you know all of these wonderful little creations that are not chains you know that are not associated. In fact I didn't even see a fast food restaurant. No today. I mean you don't see many of those as I was even telling you when we were touring around Oakland today we actually have some independently owned bookstores. How many cities can say that? I mean 
that's the nuance of Oakland. It's the authenticity. It's, it's keeping it real. It's a diversity. We're so proud of like the richness and diversity in Oakland. And it's really reflected from the wine scene to the culinary scene, to the nightlife, to the stores. I mean, it's something that's the thread throughout. The thing that I found very exciting was as I was looking at all these places thinking, my gosh, if I came here for three or four days, I don't know how I could narrow down what I would do on the trip because there's lots of culture. I mean, there's a dining environment here that is unbelievable. And I've been reading so much about yes. these world-class chefs that are coming here. But now you've got the, the same thing with the wine scene. People who don't want to play in what is often considered to be a pretentious environment, they want to keep it real. Absolutely. And then you've got these, these really amazing up-and-coming chefs who can't afford to get their start in San Francisco. That's exactly it. It's a you know, hugely expensive town. So they come right down the street to places like Oakland and I think Berkeley as well, right? Uh, Oakland and Berkeley, absolutely. What we are finding is even chefs that are in San Francisco, they're hearing the buzz about Oakland. So some of them now are also setting up a second restaurant and their second one is in Oakland and they're thriving when they come here. And it's a totally different clientele than let's say their San Francisco restaurant. So it's great. It's a great testament to the people and it's a very community driven environment. So it's all about the people. So tell me about the wine trail now and what are we going to see as we get out and about? Well, what's great is, so I work for Visit Oakland, the Tourism Bureau, and we have offices down in Jack London Square. So open seven days a week that people can come and ask if anyone does have questions. We decided we need to pull together all of these wineries. Last year, we helped launch this urban wine trail with logos and there's big stickers on the sidewalks around the city that kind of have arrows and saying, go this way, go that way. Because we have these 10 awesome wineries. A lot of them are down in Jack London Square districts. So they are walkable, a number of them. Everyone has its own character and they're not like in mansions when you go up north and these beautiful different estates. They're beautiful in their own right, but are very Oakland and very urban. Now, I've already visited some before we began this show. And I mean, talk about the absence of pretentiousness. And like I said a moment ago, keeping it real. Oh, it's Oakland's so authentic. Beautiful spaces. These are places that are alive and brimming with activity and just having fun. Absolutely. And even as we've been driving around today and you're hearing the the noises of, you know, that urban culture and whether it's a train or the planes, I mean, and the ferry and the um, the docks and everything, you really feel that. And that's Oakland. and, And that's, again, part of the culture. Now, you mentioned that there are 10 wineries, but that's on the urban wine trail. But there are more people making wine in Oakland, right? Yeah, there are more wineries and more and more popping up. Some of them don't have tasting rooms as of yet. But, you know, I anticipate in the next couple of years, there'll be more tasting rooms and everyone's dabbling in the wine and the spirits and brewery scene in Oakland is just thriving. Yeah, it's awesome. In so many towns, everything's on the main drag, right? And in this town, it seems like everything is just sort of right around the corner. Yes. You know, not necessarily in the big brand new building. Not at all. And even if it is a new building, they try and make it look a little bit old and distressed to have some um, history to it. Absolutely. How, how would you sum up Oakland and what distinguishes this town from other destinations that you might want to go visit? The number one word that comes to mind that we always hear from everyone is the diversity. And it really touches, as I said earlier, upon everything. Um, The proximity as well, the transportation. We're in the center of the Bay Area. So whether it's by ferry, train, car, bike, however you get here, we're extremely accessible. And let's be honest, the weather is some of the best weather in the country. We have that Mediterranean climate. So people really like that around that 68 to 70 degrees year round. We have a, a wonderful climate as well. Yeah, absolutely. Gorgeous day 
today, beautiful blue skies with, you know, some puffy clouds, a little rain this morning that just blew out really quickly. Yes, they did. And, and just a, a wonderful environment. One of the things that I also seem to notice about Oakland is that, you know, when you get into San Francisco, and this, by the way, is in no way to disparage San Francisco. No, love lovely, San Francisco, beautiful city. But, but everybody seems in a hurry there. And, you know, there's this sort of rush, 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 and this kind of claustrophobia that I kind of feel in cities like that. I feel the same way in Chicago uh -huh. and New York. You know, I just feel this sort of underlying tension. Everybody's competing for sidewalk space. And here, the pace is much slower and people are a lot more laid back. And, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. No, no, but no, no. But, that, but to your point, it's almost like they want to know your story. Come off the sidewalk and come into our place. Come into our home. Come into our business. Who are you? What makes you you? Why are you, why are you in Oakland? Like, we were thrilled you're here. So there's a lot of that. Oaklanders are super proud. They're and prideful about their city. And so when other people come there, we want to make them feel warm and embraced. And again, to see why we love Oakland, come and we'll show you. Well, Kim, how could anybody not feel warm and embraced <laughs> around you? <laughs> Goodness gracious. Thank you. All right. So what are we going to do? Tell me what we do from here. So today we're going to hit up about four or five of the um, wineries. A lot of them are going to be in the Jack London district. However, there are um, other ones in Oakland and everyone can go check out oaklandurbanwinetrail.com. There's a map, there's all the information and also just come down to our visitor center. We're happy to show you around and tell you what you need to do. And, and if somebody wanted to plan a vacation here, I don't even know where you'd start. This is a big city so with a lot going on, but it's, it's big city, but it's not hard to get around. Exactly. It's easy to get around, um, to navigate through. And also the visitoakland.org um, website, that's for people that are planning trips here, whether it's meetings or reunions or just coming to taste some wine and dine. Um, everything, that's a great place to start. And then there's wonderful um, places to stay in hotels. And everything's affordable. place last night, you say, by the way. Yes. Uh, that was a waterfront hotel right yeah. along the estuary. It's a joie de joie de, hotel, Yes, it is. Which a, means, by the way, a joy of life. Yeah. Those who don't know. <laughs> And right on the waterfront and just a beautiful environment. And, and if you saw the ferry comes from San Francisco, it's about a beautiful 20 minute ride. If you are in San Francisco, you leave from their ferry building and it brings you right to the docks in um, Jack London Square. And then you can taste all day. How wonderful. If you want more information about visiting Oakland, I'm going to in a little while give you Kim's private cell phone number. <laughs> And you can call her directly. And Wonderful. You, you take all of my listeners around like you did me Absolutely. Today. Sure. Well, I'll just rent a big bus. Your fingers are crossed. Okay. <laughs> all right. So we're going to head down the Urban Wine Trail in Oakland, California. Today. They have got it down pat here. And I am so excited to get out and try some wines and enjoy this fantastic city. Wonderful. Thank you, David. And all go right. Warriors. All right. <laughs> All right. You, you just ticked off some other listeners anyway. But anyway, <laughs> we'll be back with more Grape Encounters from the Oakland Urban Wine Trail. So stay with me. Your Grape Encounter is just getting started. For years, I seem to pour more wine down the drain than into my glass. I love great wine, but hate how quickly it goes bad. Now, for about the cost of a few good bottles, I pour as much as I want of whatever I want, whenever I want, with my Coravin from GrapeEncounters.com. Take a sip today, have a glass next month, and save the rest for a few years without removing the cork. Enjoy wine on your own terms with the remarkable Coravin from GrapeEncounters.com. Recently, I discovered a winery whose wines literally rock my world. I was so excited about them, I've relentlessly shared them with wine journalists, renowned sommeliers, and of course, wine enthusiasts. Well, it turns out I'm not the only one who thinks they're magical. 
They're from the beautiful Cardella Winery in Mendota, California, a tremendously fertile Central Valley location not known for fine wine production. Nonetheless, Cardella's remarkable Barbera, Sangiovese, Ruby Cabernet, and other varietals are absolutely world-class. Now, I take the endorsement of wines very seriously, and in seven years, I've endorsed less than five. Every single Cardella wine that I've tasted is a grand slam, home run, and ridiculously inexpensive. Cardella wines are available at their tasting room and online, provided they can be legally shipped to your state. So go to CardellaWinery.com. Buy them, drink them, and share them. Nestled between world-class Paso Robles and San Luis Obispo wine countries, the warm and inviting city of Atascadero is the humble heart of the Central Coast. With access to endless wine country adventures, including wine and olive oil tasting tours, artisan farm experiences, food, wine, and cultural events, historic Atascadero's cozy and oh-so-friendly atmosphere make it the perfect home base for Central Coast tourists. Discover more about the heart of the Central Coast at visitatascadero.com. Oakland's got the Tribune power. Oakland's got Lake Merritt, too. She's got Jack London Square. The Raiders come from there. The Kaiser Center can be seen from anywhere. Now where did all the people go when Frisco burned? They all went to Oakland and never returned. Right outside the city. Grape Encounters Radio and making our way down the Oakland Urban Wine Trail. And now we are in a phenomenal place. Oh, my gosh. You would never expect that a place like this would exist right in the heart of a city. It is Dash Cellars. And I am with winemaker Michael Dash, who, along with his wife, makes some amazing wines here. I've tasted uh, a handful of them already. Let me say that again. I've tasted a handful of those already. And Michael, welcome to Grape Encounters Radio. It's a pleasure to be here. What do you got going on here? I mean, this is like walking into any fair-sized winery in Napa, Sonoma, Paso Robles, you know, whatever. This is a full-on operation here, not what we typically expect from an urban winery. This is a big deal. It's true. This is a full-fledged, huge winery. It's actually a 16,000-square-foot building, plus our wine garden on the side. So it's a pretty big operation. 16,000 square feet. Yeah. And so the wines that you're making here, it's a pretty broad selection. You've got, you know, everything from some, you know, beautiful whites like Grenache Blanc and then some interesting... We make a dry Riesling. Those are our two whites, actually, Grenache Blanc and dry Riesling. I want to jump right in and talk about your background for a moment because... Most of the time, I think when we think of urban winemakers, it is, you know, sort of young mavericks who have gotten really enthralled by the wine business. But you have a, you know, a huge background in wine and yet have chosen to make wine in this environment versus off up in the wine country. Uh, yeah, up in the wine country. What's the deal? Let's talk about the background for a second because you've been associated with some huge names. I have worked in some nice places, I must say. Of course, the big one I worked for was Ridge Vineyards. I was their assistant winemaker for almost nine years, pretty much uh, most of the 90s. Uh, and I worked for Chateau Lafitte Rothschild in Bordeaux. Uh, Get out of here. Cloudy Bay in New Zealand. 
Get out of here. Uh-huh. And wow. Farniente and Schramsberg in Napa. <laughs> so, you oh know, my a little gosh. bit of experience. Yeah, that is crazy. And then we've had Dash Sellers for 20 years now. So, so why Oakland? Ah, why Oakland? Uh, well, for one thing, we love Oakland. It's, it's such a vibrant community, and we could make wine near all the restaurants and the stores and the customers who drink our wine, so that's really fun. But also, when I was working for Ridge, uh, they had a winery south of San Francisco and a winery north of San Francisco. So I settled, uh, I bought a house in San Francisco, and uh, and I enjoyed living there and got married to a French wife, and it was close to the airport, so I decided to... Uh, to keep making wine in this area. Now, now, she's a winemaker, but was she a winemaker then as well? Uh, absolutely. So she, you met her through the industry? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome. Yeah, she has a degree uh, from the University of Bordeaux in winemaking. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, it, what's amazing to me is getting around the city of Oakland, there's so much culture here. And so many of the good things that you sort of expect from a city like San Francisco, you find here but without a lot of the pretense and congestion. I know. You know, it's weird to, I mean, like when you're at street level, there are so many similarities, but then when you look up and you see blue sky instead of skyscrapers and tall buildings, I mean, that seems to me to be the big difference. And it's an affordable city that is just going through this, what, crazy metamorphosis right now, right? Oh, it's going through a renaissance right now. There are all these uh, great restaurants and bars and just so much activity here. There's more excitement in Oakland than any time that I've been here. What percentage of the people that walk into your tasting room are from outside of the area versus locals? So we get more locals than a lot of other tasting rooms, say, up in the wine country. We get probably, I'd say close to half locals and then the half people visiting the area we are uh, available people can come to us from uh, using BART the subway system uh, the train station yeah. is only three <laughs> yeah, there's a concept away. take take BART to your yeah. nearest winery exactly <laughs> yeah, that's awesome you can even come by boat there's a ferry uh, terminal just six blocks away so wow yeah so the people who come from outside of the area what percentage of them would you say have heard about the urban wine trail here in Oakland and wanted to experience it versus those who happened to come to Oakland and went, whoa, there are wineries here? I, you know, it's hard for me to say. It's, uh, it's probably both. There, of course, there are a lot of people that have heard of Dash Cellars because we're, yeah. we're sold all over the country. So people often come to the area. They say they want to visit us. They call us up and they say, where are you? And we say, we're right off. (laughs) We're in downtown Oakland. And uh, half the time they say, oh, my God, I'm staying in a hotel in San Francisco. I can be there in 15 minutes. Yeah. What a what a bonus for the city of Oakland, because the city offers so much to begin with. And then to have wine, which is, you know, one of the biggest draws of any attraction imaginable for adults. Man, that's the icing on the cake. Yeah. All right. Speaking of icing on the cake, we just got a, a few seconds left. What am I drinking here? Because this is fantastic. Oh, that's one of our uh, top wines. It's called The Comet. Uh, it, uh, it's a blend of Petit Syrah, Zinfandel, and Old Vine Carignan. And it's absolutely delicious. It's, it's 
big. It uh, we call it a, a wine in search of a ribeye steak. It's uh, it's it's <laughs> yeah. just a beautiful uh, blend of petite sirahs in. Yeah, fantastic. And petite sirah, a grape that's finally getting its due. I think absolutely. You know, it's not absolutely. it's not being buried at the bottom of the list anymore. It's working its way up the list in, in terms of a blending grape and a single varietal wine. Absolutely. When I worked at Ridge, we made petite sirah, and uh, it, it was absolutely beautiful. And I wanted to. Do the same thing here. Well, one of the things that I've noticed about at least the three or four reds that I tasted, this really strong old world emphasis mm-hmm. on winemaking, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't taste like your typical California wine. Yeah. Is that the influence from your working for yeah, Chateau, Chateau Lafitte, Lafitte Rothschild and, and your wife, I imagine, as well? Mm-hmm. We both drink a lot of uh, European wines as well as California wines. And I would say the Dash house style is to make really complex wines that are also very balanced. We try to be uh, very judicious with uh, lower alcohol levels, not too much oak. We make very uh, beautifully crafted layered wines. Okay. Well, listen. Hey, I'm Michael Dash. Uh, really a pleasure to be here. I really want to encourage people to, if not check this out in person, certainly check it out online. You know, Google it. It's D-A-S-H-E, Cellars in Oakland. I think you'll be shocked at what they've built in what amounts to a warehouse square and turned it into an environment that I can imagine people just sit here for hours enjoying wine. And so fantastic. Wine's available online as well? Absolutely. Okay, so if you can't come to Oakland, get the wines online. The web address is dashcellars.com. Very clever, clever. Clever name. Very much. All right. Michael, I appreciate you being here. Uh, what a pleasure. I wish I could spend more time with you, but we're now going to dash down to the... <laughs> dash off? We're going to dash off. We dashed in. We'll dash off to the next winery, and we'll pick it up there. You're listening to Grape Encounters Radio with David Wilson. Stay with us. Your Grape Encounter continues right after this. Recently, I discovered a winery whose wines literally rock my world. I was so excited about them, I've relentlessly shared them with wine journalists, renowned sommeliers, and of course, wine enthusiasts. Well, it turns out I'm not the only one who thinks they're magical. They're from the beautiful Cardella Winery in Mendota, California, a tremendously fertile Central Valley location not known for fine wine production. Nonetheless, Cardella's remarkable Barbera, Sangiovese, Ruby Cabernet, and other varietals are absolutely world-class. Now, I take the endorsement of wines very seriously, and in seven years, I've endorsed less than five. Every single Cardella wine that I've tasted is a grand slam, home run, and ridiculously inexpensive. Cardella wines are available at their tasting room and online, provided they can be legally shipped to your state. So go to CardellaWinery.com. Buy them, drink them, and share them. For years, I seem to pour more wine down the drain than into my glass. I love great wine, but hate how quickly it goes bad. Now, for about the cost of a few good bottles, I pour as much as I want of whatever I want, whenever I want, with my Coravin from GrapeEncounters.com. Take a sip today, have a glass next month, and save the rest for a few years without removing the cork. Enjoy wine on your own terms with the remarkable Coravin from GrapeEncounters.com. As a lifetime wine lover, I think I own practically every conceivable wine gizmo and gadget. 
Now I've put together a collection of some of my very favorite things so that you can take your wine obsession to the next level, just like me. From functional to pure fun, check out my favorite things by clicking the store banner at GrapeEncounters.com. That's Grape Encounters, like CloseEncounters.com. And now, Grape Encounters with David Wilson continues, broadcasting from our wine cellar studio in idyllic Atascadero, centrally located in the Central Coast wine country of San Luis Obispo County, California. I got a feeling that tonight's gonna be a good night, that tonight's gonna be a good night, that tonight's gonna be a good, good night. Okay, we are back with Grape Encounters Radio, heading down the Oakland Urban Wine Trail, and now in the tasting room of a gentleman whose family is legendary in the wine business. They've been in the business for a really long time. We are now at Cerruti Cellars, right along the railroad track, and if you hear a train go by, you'll know why, because we were literally right on the tracks. With me now is John Tootle. He is the president of Cerruti Cellars and the Tootle Wine Group, right? That is correct. All right, so family background. Let's start there, because you've got deep roots in the wine business. Yes, we do, but we have deep roots in agriculture. We started in farming in 1932. My grandfather, Bachi Cerruti, we farmed about six miles from here, and we sold our vegetables right around the corner. In 1972, we sold the farm, went to the Napa Valley with no intention of being in the wine business, and kind of backed into it. I think a lot of people don't realize that in 1972, there wasn't much of a wine business in the Napa Valley to begin with. That is correct. I mean, there were a few wineries operating up there, but it wasn't the hundreds of wineries that exist today. Let me tell you a story. The first time we poured our 79 cab, there were 36 to 38 wineries making Napa Valley cab. The night we poured at the Silverado Country Club, there were about 26 wineries pouring. About eight years later, the same event, it had to be held outside and there were over 110 wineries pouring. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Can you say again the year that was? That was our 1979 cab, and the very first pouring was in 1982. Funny thing about that Judgment of Paris thing, huh? I know Bo and Heidi Barrett very well. Matter of fact, Kyle Vela is our vineyard manager. He grew up at Montalena. I heard a very funny story, I'll tell you off mic, about the Judgment. But the real deal was was not so much the Chardonnay, it was that they won with the cab. And the Chardonnay was kind of an Are you trying to tell Mike Gergich that? Well, Mike didn't, Mike, they asked Mike to be in the movie. He didn't want to be in the movie. Well, that's because they didn't tell the story correctly. That's right. Yeah. And I don't blame Mike for... And we actually made... we actually Hanging made, on to his dignity there. Yeah. We actually made Chardonnay with Kirk Venge in 80, 2009 and 10 from the Bacigalupi Vineyard, where that Chardonnay came from on West Side Road in Sonoma. All right. So let's jump back to Oakland, where we are right now. So we're in this amazing space here. I don't know how old this building is or... 1922. 1922. And as... As I understand it, about where I'm sitting right now, they were slaughtering chickens? We'll start off 
was a meatpacking plant. Then in, when we were selling our vegetables, I remembered as a kid back in the 60s as a chicken slaughterhouse. So you have Napa roots. So why in the world Oakland? Because I love Oakland. I'm born essentially growing up in Alameda. In order to leave Alameda, you have to go through Oakland. And I've, been, I've lived in Oakland for 20 plus years. I'm now up at the winery. But I love just supporting Oakland and being part of Oakland. One of the first times I went to a East Bay Vintners of pouring was up at the uh, Claremont Hotel. And I made the observation to someone in the press. I said, this reminds me of what the Napa Valley used to be like years ago when you went to the pourings. You met the winemaker or the owner. Today, you don't see any of them. Yeah, no, that that is absolutely true. And by the way, the Claremont Hotel, if you are coming to Oakland, if you take my advice today and come out to Oakland, I stayed at the Waterfront Hotel, which was really fun, right on the water, but this Claremont Hotel up on the hillside. Oh my God, that's one of the grandest hotels in America. It's yes, gotta it be. Yes, it it reminds me of the, of the chateaus up in Canada, in Alberta and Banff. They were Canadian Pacific hotels. Mm-hmm. But back to the Oakland wine scene, I've been roaming around here all day and looking at these wonderful tasting rooms and what they all seem to have in common so far is that they're in these reclaimed spaces with lots of reclaimed stuff. And then you've got the same thing going on. I don't know how many welders there are in Oakland, but they sure are working for these tasting rooms because all of these things that are just made from, you know, things out in the field and the vineyard and the barrels and all of these reclaimed products that have been repurposed into the most amazing warm, inviting fixtures and environment. Well, farmers never throw anything away. Repurpose, reuse. Okay. Why go buy a light fixture when you can use some barrel racks, weld three of them together, put some medicine bulbs in Tell me about the light fixture hanging over the harvest table. The the harvest table, we did a gal by the name of Gail Burnett, uh, who helped me do a lot of the design work. She did a little wall with barrel staves. And I was sitting there afterwards having a glass of wine with one of my carpenters. I said, you know, we got to beat that. We've got to come up with something. And I said, oh my God, Danny, why can't we do a light fixture and make it look like the barrel staves are floating so we went from that premise and run it out and it's about eight feet nine feet long and it's got the little mr11 lights in the bungholes we liked this one so much that we built another one up at the winery out in the garden at Tudal Winery. So awesome. So awesome. All right, let's talk wines for a second. You got a bunch of labels. And, you know, I'm certainly familiar with some of your wines, but why so many labels? Each one must have a purpose. That's kind of the little ADD in me. I also design side. We did Cabernet from 79 to 97. When we bought the property in 72, the only structure was a tractor shed. And there were walnut trees. And we drove our old 1947 Massey Harris tractor off the trailer from the farm, put it down the river, and it died down there. When I was remodeling the tractor shed in 97 to expand the tasting room up there, I pulled the tractor out. My dad and I got in a big argument. He said, you get that piece of junk back to the river. And I said, oh my God, dad, it looks great. Red tractor, tractor shed, tractor shed red. We came out, matter of fact, tractor shed red came out five years before red truck. And he cracked a smile. And he said, okay, he had thrown his hat on the ground. He said, okay, here's the deal. He says, I don't care what you put in your silly little tractor wine, but I grow cab, I make cab, my reputation's cab. He says, you can put anything else you want, no cab. Wait, he called it your silly little tractor he wine? He called it my silly little tractor <laughs> wine. 
<laughs> I ran across the road to Benessery to Chris Dearden. I said, hey, Chris, Chris, you, you know, wine, train winemaker from Davis. I said, I'm going to do a second label. I'm going to call it Tractor Shed Red. And here's the deal. My dad says, no cab and make it fun, affordable, and ready to go, ready to drink. Well, they grow Sangiovese, Merlot, and Zin. So guess what my blend was for 10 years? Sangiovese, uh, Merlot, and Zin. Okay. Yeah. It was and, a nice and at what blend. point did you sneak some Cabernet in there? Because I'm never, sure you never, never did. Never, never, never. So you honor dad I, for I'm sure. totally honor dad. Now, we have a one label called 5050. It's half Napa, half Sonoma cab. That came about. We also have a wine label called Honker Blanc for the geese that fly over the property that are constantly buzzing. I, I love that name, by the way. Honker What's Blanc. It, yeah. What, my, it was six o'clock in the morning. It was overcast. We were getting ready to harvest. My winemaker's from Oregon. His family has a th- started the third oldest winery in Oregon. Ron's oldest of five kids. He's been with me 20 years. He's, the geese come flying over the top of the winery and Ron looks at me and he says, you know, I always want to do a Sauvignon Blanc and call it Honker Blanc. And there it is. So, so Duck Horn's got nothing on you. Not yet. No. All right. We're talking to John Tootle from Tootle Wine Group and Cerruti Cellars. We are at the Cerruti Cellars tasting room today in Oakland, downtown Oakland. I am shocked. I have been on the urban wine trail here for the whole day now and exploring all of these tasting rooms. Oh my gosh. Talk about a wonderful opportunity. I'm always sending people to wine country. I'm just going to send them to places like this because you could just experience so much great wine in some of the most amazing facilities. I mean, these buildings, these warehouses and stuff. I think that's the beauty of Oakland, isn't it? The New York Times gets it. Brooklyn is to Manhattan as Oakland is to San Francisco. That and, is really well put. That is really well put. And yeah. The New York Times. I, I get sees, that. They, I get that. They see yeah. Oakland as not only Oakland, they see it as Berkeley, Emerald, Oakland, and Alameda. And if you think about California cuisine, where did it start? Chez in Berkeley. We have Blue Bottle Coffee. The founder of Blue Bottle Coffee is in this building upstairs. They have their roasting plant up the But everyone thinks they're from San Francisco. No, they're from Oakland. Emeryville yeah. has, I don't know how many bakeries. So. Yeah, I, I just, uh, you know, going between tasting room and tasting room, seeing all of the quaint little shops, and it's much more European here in the sense that, you know, there's the butcher shop, there's the bakery, there's the vegetable stand. Instead of, I haven't seen one big grocery store here. It looks like people are getting back to the old way of doing things where you have shops that specialize, and of course, you all specializing in wine. And you'll see people on bicycles with baskets. Yeah. It's a very pleasant. With a loaf of bread. Yes. It's a very pleasant (laughs) experience. All right. So wine's available online. You tell me you're not a winemaker. You're a salesman. Yes. Well, I'm actually, I I call myself now an old school winemaker because I made wine with my dad from 79 to 97. Yeah. And then when he slowed down, we brought in consulting winemakers and I've had some really top quality. I've been Nels Vengay, Kirk Vengay, Tom Mady. I've got some very high quality. Nels Vengay is uh, one of the first people to have gotten a hundred point score from Robert Parker on, on a Cabernet. 80, 85 yeah. Groth and I have a signed bottle. Yeah, made uh, with a friend of mine, Mark Carter. Oh, I know Mark Carter Do well. You know Mark? He's, got, he's got envy. Yeah. yeah. Mark just got 300 point scores from yeah. Parker yes. all in the same sitting. Yeah. Is that amazing? Have you been to his restaurant up in Eureka? I've never been, but I, I'm going to go the one of these days. Yeah. Boy, we got off the subject, didn't we there? We certainly did, but that's okay. Yeah, but we'll, we know we'll we know we hundred point winemakers, so that's the thing. Okay. Yeah. Hey, well, listen, if somebody wants more information about the Cerruti Cellars tasting room it? here. Should I spell it? Yeah, why not? C-E-R-R-U-T-I 
and then it's Sellers with a C, C-E-L-L-A-R-S. So www.seritysellers.com. Yeah, check it out. I think you'll love this space. So if you get a chance to come here to Oakland, you're going to do the Urban Wine Trail in Oakland. Make sure Ceruti Sellers is on your itinerary. We're going to be back one more stop on the trip down the Urban Wine Trail here in Oakland, California, when we return with Grape Encounters Radio. A lot of people ask me why Manzanita Manor's incredible Portuguese dessert wine is called Two Horse. Well, the reason behind the name is as extraordinary as the wine itself. It's because the owner and winemaker at Manzanita Manor Organics actually uses two beautiful horses to pull the plow on her farmland. When you take your very first sip of the Two Horse Vineyard's irresistible dessert wine, you'll immediately experience the winemaker's unparalleled connection to the land. It's what really makes it so good. You can purchase this exceptional wine online, as well as their purely delicious walnut oil, 100% organic heirloom walnuts, and free-trade chocolate-covered walnuts. Or you could visit their Honor Farm stand 4.5 miles west of Paso Robles on Adelaide Road. To learn more about all the Manzanita Manor Organics products, visit mmorganics.com. You can order all their walnut products there and bottles of Two Horse, of course. For years, I seem to pour more wine down the drain than into my glass. I love great wine, but hate how quickly it goes bad. Now, for about the cost of a few good bottles, I pour as much as I want of whatever I want, whenever I want, with my Coravin from GrapeEncounters.com. Take a sip today, have a glass next month, and save the rest for a few years without removing the cork. Enjoy wine on your own terms with the remarkable Coravin from GrapeEncounters.com. As a lifetime wine lover, I think I own practically every conceivable wine gizmo and gadget. Now I've put together a collection of some of my very favorite things so that you can take your wine obsession to the next level, just like me. From functional to pure fun, check out my favorite things by clicking the store banner at GrapeEncounters.com. That's Grape Encounters, like CloseEncounters.com. Now, Grape Encounters with David Wilson continues. Coffee in the morning and wine at night. If I had coffee and wine, everything is alright. Gosh, we are at our last stop down the Oakland Urban Wine Trail, and what better place to be than in the urban legend? tasting room with Steve and Marilee Schaefer. I guess you're going to be moving soon, right? We are opening a new tasting room in Jack London sometime in May. Why is everybody going to Jack London Square? This is becoming the hot spot in Oakland. It's just a wonderful atmosphere. You've got the water, you've got the sun, you've got some of the best food in the uh, Bay Area right here. And you have my weekly guest host, Sarah Schneider at Sunset Magazine there. Absolutely. Yeah. So why Urban Legend? Well, why not is the first question. There's got to be a reason for it. Well, the story behind Urban Legend is that we're ex-high-tech people. I'm an ex-electrical engineer. Marilee is from the biotech business. How many high-tech people have gotten out of high-tech to get into winemaking? 
uh, a lot of friends. It's a yeah, lot, it's a lot, a lot of, people. of people. Yeah, it's a yeah. lot. Yeah. And they make good winemakers, don't you think? Well, I mean, it's a chance for us to apply all of that scientific background to an art. Yeah. And that's, it's a great way to, to express yourself in ways that are very limited in engineering and biotech. So let me go to Marilee for a second. I was in biotech. Biotech. I was on the bleeding edge of biotech, <laughs> uh, starting out in Boston with the very, very beginnings of the biotech industry with one of the first biotech companies that there ever was, wow. even anecdotally at the time, uh, Boston was uh, proclaiming that we were going to be creating Sasquatch and uh, Little Green Monsters. So It hasn't happened so far, at least that we know. With Boston, anything goes. So I didn't let Steve complete the answer as to why urban legend, but I'm sure you have the same answer, right? Well, pretty close, uh, I would say. One of the things that we said as a mission statement in starting Urban Legend is, is that there were a lot of wine myths that we wanted to pop holes in. Yes. And so... Uh, well, I can't wait to hear where this is going. <laughs> well, we were doing our usual studying and trying to come up with the right name for, for it. And we wanted something that represented our place. And so, you know, you try things, city, metro, nothing was sticking right. So we were coming back from a winemaking seminar and were musing on popping those myths. And Steve popped up in the car and said, urban legend. And I said, that's a wonderful name, but it probably is already taken, can't be right. And yeah. It wasn't. And so we were able to... That, so uh, that's amazing all by itself, because that seems like that would be gone way early on. You'd think, but it wasn't. Okay. So, you know, karma said that was what it should be. And then when we located in our site here, which is right on the Oakland waterfront, just under the shadow of those container cranes that everyone associates with Oakland, we found that there was an urban legend right in our back doorstep. And that was that many people believe that the cranes were the inspiration for George Lucas for designing the Imperial Walkers in the second Star Wars movie. And he says, absolutely, positively not. Really? And so that is an urban legend. Well, so it doesn't matter what he says, it could still be true. That's the best of urban legends, we, though, we, is that they're so close to truth that you can't really I separate them sometimes. We story. get a polygraph and George Lucas. Actually, wine is the greatest truth serum out there. So we just get George Lucas in here, feed him a little bit of your delicious wine and take it from there. In vino veritas. In wine, there is truth. So let me now ask you a little bit about the myths in the wine business, because Steve, you had kind of inferred that that might have something to do with the name as well. As Marilyn said, it was our chance to pop a lot of those myths. There are simple things like red wine headaches from sulfites. God, do I hate that. What a great idea, maybe, to put out a book on wine myths. And that's a good example of one. Because I, I don't know how many times I've told people that's just not true. Do you eat dried fruit? Do you eat uh, exactly. lunch meat? Well, yeah, of course I do. Well, there's about 100 times as much sulfite in that. Yeah. In wine, generally, white wines are higher in sulfites than red wines. Yeah, so I don't drink red wine because it's got those high sulfites in it, and white wine doesn't have any. Yeah, do you have any more myths like that? Um, well, the obvious one is that unless you have vineyards out back, you can't make good wine. Oh! Wow. She brings it on back to the urban wine trail. Okay. So why Oakland? I mean, you came out of the high tech industry. Were you in Silicon Valley or were you here? We worked in Silicon Valley, but we live here very close by in Alameda. So the island just crossed the water. 
Okay. But our mission was to craft wines that were all about food. We wanted to get back to some of those wines that would be in the classic European style, but of course with wonderful California fruit, because we just get riper here, let's face it. And so uh, for crafting a food wine, we said, where better to do it than here in the East Bay? The place really that California cuisine got its start. I don't think many people outside of this area really appreciate how food-centric Oakland is. Yeah, and it just keeps coming. One of the other things that's really germane to being here in Oakland is the most diverse city in the country. It has one of the most diverse food scenes you've ever imagined. I mean, what surprised us is we have a local Vietnamese restaurant that the owner came in because she wanted to sit with us and pair her foods with our wines. I mean, it's not often that you think of wine and Vietnamese food, for instance. It seems almost to me like the objective for winemakers is more often to make food wine, is it not, than what we might call cocktail wine? Well, I don't know what objectives may be. Ours certainly is to do something that is going to make food taste better. And in the converse, the food will make the wine taste even better. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, but many wines have seemed to us to be coming out where they're a little too big, a little too sweet, a little too tannic, a little too oaky. And those flavors can sometimes overwhelm food. They're delightful wines in and of themselves, but they may not be the best wine to make, you know, more delicate fare or more classic fare show at its best. So we were out to craft those wines because they're what we like to drink ourselves. So if people want to know more about your wines or they just want to make sure they hook up with you when they come to Oakland, best place for information? ULcellars.com. That's the letter U, letter L, and C-E-L-L-A-R-S. Urban legend, ULcellars.com. Well, Steve and Marilee Schaefer, it was nice to be with you today. And uh, thanks for inviting me over and sharing your wines with me and sharing your story with me. And again, we have all day been at the Oakland Urban Wine Trail. Lots of great wines to taste, lots of beautiful spaces to experience. So check it out. Go to OaklandUrbanWineTrail.com or visit Oakland.org. That's going to do it for Grape Encounters today. Thank you guys for being on the show. Thank you for uh, coming down and seeing us. appreciate it. And we will see you next week at the same time. In the meantime, don't waste time on the wines you don't love. And if a wine doesn't taste right, fix it. 